Hi, this is Scott Sustacek, your host for CEO to CEO, the podcast from the CEO Roundtable. CEO Roundtable is a peer-to-peer organization that brings business leaders together to share wisdom, experience, and insights from the trenches. Today's episode is sponsored by IntroWorks, launching powerful B2B brands for more than 30 years. Learn more about them at intro.works. Welcome to this episode of CEO to CEO, the podcast of the CEO Roundtable, and I am so excited today to have with me Bob Warner of Warner Stallion, CEO of Warner Stallion, and uh, we've got, there's really so many good things here to to talk about today. Uh, We're going to talk about family business. Certainly, everybody knows the Warner Stallion brand. It's an iconic Minnesota brand. But we're going to also talk about family and business and growth. And there's some topics we're going to get into today that I think are very relevant to all of our listeners out there who are running and growing family businesses. So, Bob, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this. Well, I, I want to give you a, a, a quick introduction. Uh, you're the youngest of nine kids, so the Warner family was a big family. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we were. And uh, the in, the other interesting thing you told me is, you know, when you started here, uh, you started from the ground up, which I think is a great story. But starting in in delivery and warehouse and learning the business from really that point of contact with the customer of when they get their appliance that they bought from you and how important that is. And I think that I recall from our first conversation how that resonated with me of your focus as CEO on just that part of the business and how important it was. And it's a growth opportunity for you too. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I do love to engage with the front lines. It's, it's where a lot of my energy and passion comes from the, the team that is customer facing. Um, it's, uh, they're, they're just outstanding. They work really hard and, uh, it's just neat to be shoulder to shoulder with them as often as I can. Well, and I think if, if you've been around Minnesota a while, you, um, you've certainly probably been in a, in a Warner Stellion store, maybe owned some of their appliances. I know I do. But you've got now almost 500 employees. Mm-hmm. You've got 12 stores just about to open your 13th in, in Kansas City, a new market for you. So clearly that you're still on that growth path and, and building the business. I think it's one of the leader's duties is to identify Future opportunities. Kansas City, we're excited about that. It's been in the planning for quite some time, but it's a nice market, about two-thirds the size of the Twin Cities. And, um, yeah, we'll be open in the by the end of the fourth quarter of next year with our first store in the south-central part of the trade area. So um, hoping for big things. Well, oh, and clearly an exciting time for the company. So I want to shift now and, and really focus more on the family side of this because I think, you know, as we've, the general public has seen the, the Warner Stellion commercials. We've seen different family members. I don't think we've seen you on a commercial yet. <laughs> you have to go back a long time. <laughs> but what I really wanted to, to talk about is because of the size of your family and the involvement of your family uh, in a business like this, that can always be challenging and sometimes be challenging in, in a way that's detrimental to the business and, and the people who also work in it. But you found a, a great way to balance this and find roles for everybody in this company with the Warner name. And so I'd like you to talk more about how you've done that and how you've gone about it. 
and some of the things that you know worked out extremely well, and maybe some of the challenges you had with along the way too, because I know those are there. So absolutely, they're there. Well, I think today you touched on it already. We're a little bit bigger team. Uh, there's a lot of different roles. If I reflect back, thirty plus years ago, we were a much smaller team. You had to really hustle for your spot. Today, we've learned that you take advantage of all the family capital that you possibly can. There's a lot of talent in the family. There's a lot of passion in the family. You know, the skill and hearts that want to serve, quite frankly, proud to uh, be a part of the, the family business. And so we have today uh, family members sprinkled everywhere. Mm. Service technicians, repairing the appliances, running warehouse and operations uh, on the delivery trucks, leading our marketing efforts, leading our merchandising efforts, running storefronts, um, helping with analytics, uh, just and on and on and on. Our multi-housing uh, uh, department where we sell um, big deals to, to property management companies and, and uh, general contractors, things like this. We have three family members active, three or four active in that part of the business. So they're just, uh, it's just really cool for me to see all the touches. Yeah. All the touches. And, how, and so you may have a, a family member reporting to someone who's a, uh, not a family member. And you know, hired in to to run a part of your company. How have you navigated that? And because that can be challenging for for both parties, right? For sure. You know, every once in a while, the phone will ring, all right, and it could be one of my siblings. Yeah. And um, they want to inquire about their son or daughter and their position or their role. I think we've matured past a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but it is it is a a balancing act for sure. You know, we consider every member of our team part of the Warner, you know, Stellion family. And so there's bloodline distinction, but it's really, you know, we try to take that conversation more towards you're part of the Warner Stellion family now. And we have key members of our team, so many that have been with us for 15, 20, 25 plus years. They, too, deserve a leadership opportunity. They're, they're very skilled. Um, they're fair. And, um, and our family members, the young family members, have to work under them. That's just the way it is. And uh, I think that that mix, as long as we continue to introduce you know, family members into the business, and not everyone's destined or desires to be a leader, uh, per se, but that scenarios will continue. Well, and I, again, I think that's such a, you know, the, the way you've been able to... to bring family members into the company in all sorts of different roles and not just, well, you know, CEO, president, CFO, you know, all the C-suite is occupied by a Warner throughout the company. And again, it, it, it follows, I think it, to me, follows a lot the path that you took from the ground up of learning the business, getting to know the organization, that it continues to build that, the values that you want in the company. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we've, you know, we're already active in identifying some family members that we think are future leaders. There's personal coaching going on. There's extra shoulder time going on. There's uh, um, all kinds of efforts to prepare for tomorrow, right. today. 
Well, and I think that that's a good segue into one of the other topics on family that I wanted to cover with you is, is really G3, you know, get, because again, where so many businesses, family businesses trip, get tripped up is that generational transition. And the ability to navigate that transition successfully can be very challenging because the, the person who may have started the company is the visionary, had the big idea, you know, drove the business from nothing to something is suddenly stepping back and then someone's got to fill that gap. And not only have you done that with your generation, but now you're looking at, at G3 and can, how do we grow the, keep growing this as a family business? Mm -hmm. So if you, if you could, maybe just talk a little bit, you know, you, you mentioned coaching and mentoring, but, but how are you actively involved in that? And then how, how do you get your organization around that to help bring that next generation forward? Okay. Yeah. Well, there's, there's 19, Full-time, third-generation Warners on the team. Wow. 19 of them. So there's, there, we have our first, fourth-generation, full-time uh, family member who's a sales associate at our um, northeast <laughs> Minneapolis store. And, uh, and so it's just that, again, that's just really fun for me. Part of what's made it organic, I think, for me is I'm, as the youngest member of the Second generation, I'm a little closer in age to some of these these folks. Mm -hmm. I have a youthful uh, mindset, even though I certainly don't look it. And and um, I just really enjoy working um, with this group. So we have some intentional things. Uh, we have a uh, all generational meeting. Anyone uh, 16 years of age or older is encouraged to attend. They learn all about the business, what's going on, how we're performing, uh, some of our future aspirations and dreams are shared, things of this nature. Um, we have a Warner Youth Day. So currently, anyone that's eight years of age or older mm. is invited to Warner Youth Day. Um, they get to drive the forklift. They get to... Uh, with good oversight, of course. They do some customizations of appliances. They had they, they were able to pick up the appliances uh, on the straps, and you know we had hmm. very light, kind of heavy, heavy. Uh, we didn't have anything extremely heavy, but they loved that challenge. You know, trying to see what you know how, how we move the appliances. There was a visit to um, our St. Paul store, store number one, to see some of the history and where. You know, Grandpa Great hung out and, and and bought Stellion Appliance and where he kept his office in the basement and all kinds of neat things. So we do that. And then there's just, there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one touches. A lot of one-on-one -on -one touches. A lot of, um, we had a formal mentoring program um, that kind of fell by the wayside. It, it uh, for family members, we... This was a handful of years ago, and we really wanted the third generation to have more shoulder time with some of the soon-to-be retiring second generation, mm -hmm. and and those have all taken place now. But before, uh, you know, brother Jeff and sister Carla, and um, in particular, retired, there was a lot of opportunities to have one-on-one -on -one moments and share some of the tribal knowledge, if you will, and and so now today it's. It's a, it's a per request. It's, it's, um, and I love to take the initiative. If someone wants to sit down and talk about their career pathing or their leadership opportunity at Warner Stein or whatnot, we find time for that. 
in a very timely fashion. Well, I think all of those things, you know, lead toward that um, engagement. And I, and I love the fact that you're, you're trying to bring the kids into the business in some way, which plays out in, in what you're seeing that, you know, you have 19 family members engaged in some way in the company uh, because you're, you're helping them learn and grow with the business and really get an understanding of it at a very young age. So, uh, you know, kudos to you because I don't think that story necessarily plays out in, in family businesses all the time. Well, Scott, retail is, usually it's not on the top of a young person's <laughs> dreams list. You know, I wanted to be a hockey player like my older brother. Uh, or maybe a DNR guy, you know, had thoughts about. Yeah, want to go sell stoves and refrigerators, right? <laughs> At some point, the family can see and understand that this is quite an opportunity to be a part of this. It's a strong uh, magnet, if you will, to draw the young people to to not only participate. We have a there's some cool stuff. We, um, you know, we have. An evening crew that loads the trucks, does all the packaging, recycling. Uh, they do janitorial around the warehouse. We've had so many of the nephews have started in that role. It's a uh, at a young age they get a, a windows view of what it's you know, what the, the backside of the business. So uh, the things like that too. We want to give them exposure so that they consider being part of the team someday. Well, I think it just gives them to a perspective of building that do they have that passion for the business and, and for all parts of the business not just hey I'm you know I've got a nice office in the headquarters yeah that's right? not uh, that's not likely to happen <laughs> at, at our at our family business uh, they right. they um, it's it's the entitlement thing is addressed early and often and you need to be a worker the yeah. Warners work the hardest we're supposed to you know our team everybody works hard here at Warnerstein we really hustle for the customer, that's one of our models. We uh, we want our customer to see us hustling, but the family members, there's uh, perhaps someday someone might go work somewhere else and come back and have a breadth of experience and maybe jump a couple of rungs without the same breadth of experience. But I I see that as uh, unlikely. Even if they have that wonderful outside experience, we're still going to want them to really know all the all the key points of the the business yeah it's just a great i think it's a great approach and so i i want to make sure we have enough time to talk about the third topic which i know from your growth you've also built an outside board mm -hmm. to help to help advise you on continuing to grow this business succession planning all the big things that that boards do and, and again this is an area that i think family businesses can can get tripped up on. And so if you would share with, with our listeners some of the things you've learned on that journey of building your board and bringing in people to help you. Yeah, for sure, Scott. And we were, we had all kinds of reservations. Um, yeah. Are we going to lose control? You know, can we can we trust uh, outside advisors or, and or board members? So we had a family council in place for many years, and uh, that has kind of morphed now in the last... 10 years towards a bona fide board um, that holds me accountable and uh, drives the business with three non-family board members. There are mm -hmm. four family board members. Okay, uh, we have a structure mix. of seven. Yeah. We strategically looked for talent in places that uh, we might be weak. We have um, 
outside board members uh, who specialize in in retail store presentation, one in more on the distribution side, and then a third member that's kind of uh, focused on real estate. Oh. So it's been a nice kind of, uh, it's been great. It's been really great. We could talk about that a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, you know, and did you, as you started to think about, okay, we, we're gonna form a board, we're committed to this, did you get any outside help to do that, or was it just an initiative you took on your own? Because I think, again, that's where I, I see a lot of family businesses kind of uncertain on how to put all that together. Yeah, no, we did. And, um, you know, I have to give kudos to my oldest brother, Jim, who uh, spent his year uh, career in finance, accounting, and uh, specialized in family business. And so he brought, when he retired from his firm at age 60, or thereabouts, I'm close with that. He's worked with us half-time ever since. So these last eight, nine years, he's really been able to bring his whole wealth of experience. And he's worked with family businesses like ours, or similar to ours, and um, just understood the nuances and the structure that we needed. There's a list of things. I don't know if we want to get into some of those things, but it's beyond just the board and the, the net cadence of meetings. It's the buy-sell agreement. It's mm -hmm. the stock redemption agreement. It's um, uh, annual valuation so that there's transparency between the ownership. We have a mandatory uh, stock redemption age 65. Oh. So we want to thank um, everyone who's been a owner and supporter of the business. But at age 65, we want to welcome in the next the next folks, you know, the next, the next uh, wave of family members. So there's a, you know, very, uh, I think, just brilliant, and, and again, I'm not the author of these things, but um, plan in place to transition the business down. We, we really did identify that in the spirit of our founder, and a lot of these things go back to the spirit of our founder, my father, Jim Warner, taking advantage of the family capital and and keeping the family in the business and some of those those pieces we we think it's a huge part of our secret sauce we know that we've got a big talented quote non-family uh, team uh, supporting us um, but we do think the family and the family history and story is a big part of the secret sauce well and i think you know some of the things you talked about there with you know the, the buy sell and the mandatory selling of your shares at a certain age you know, you've clearly thought deeply about the business and how to transition it. And I think sometimes in a, in a family business where you're you're running hard and you're growing and things are happening and you're working more in the business than on it and shaping it, you might not be thinking about those things. So I think you're bringing up a really good good perspective for our listeners to make sure that they're you're taking the time to do that because you're you're building a plan that that will succeed for generations here that. And so again, it 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 takes that kind of care, that kind of thought, uh, vetting out different ideas and approaches to get to a level that that you've clearly brought Warner Stellion to. So, and for sure, and Scott, one thing that I didn't necessarily answer your question in full, but outside advisors as well, mm -hmm. for sure, um, kind of a second set of eyes. So you know, a team of two or three other individuals over the course of the years that have really helped us. Um, you know, even right down to things is like titling, 
position titling, and we're not, uh, they, they didn't mean much within our organization, but just helping us understand that they, they do mean something out in the marketplace, and um, in terms of attracting talent, retaining talent, career pathing. So uh, just a full exercise to retitle all the positions within the company and uh, take a deeper look at that, not just the comp side, but the, the actual titling, just, just things like that. We've been busy working towards just becoming a more professional organization. Right. Well, and, and you've done a great job of it. And I, and I know that um, the CEO roundtable has been a, a, an important aspect of, of helping you develop and, and grow as a leader. You've been in it for a while. Mm -hmm. And so and you and I, when we talked previously, I think we share that view of, of the roundtable. But I'd like to ask you, you know, you've probably brought various topics to your roundtable. Uh, I'd ask you for, you know, the one that stands out in your mind as being significant of, you know, where the round table is able to help you really move through a, a, a heavy decision. Mm, well, maybe just a little bit of background sure. before I get to that. Sure. Um, so about two or three years before I became president, now CEO, I knew that I needed to professionalize my performa, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I knew that I could use a, a peer group and some advisors and just some peers to help me. And so about 10 years ago, I joined the CEO Roundtable. I've just found it to be extremely beneficial. Um, there's a lot of smart folks that are part of that organization, and they don't all necessarily run huge businesses. Some are smaller businesses where this individual's just so capable in so many areas. I, I'm like in awe of some of these individuals. And so we help each other with all kinds of things and the, the size and the type of business is, is not nearly as critical as so many people think. Well, I need to be in with my exact peer, industry peers. I'm getting that kind of counsel already. No, you're not. You're not getting it. It's when you bring that you know, diversity kind of to your table that you're more likely to get what you need. I think the biggest piece for me, uh, uh, had to identify one, it uh, was when uh, my personal compensation package was going to change. It was a substantial pay cut, and um, we got through it. And mm -hmm. I really appreciated the counsel. It was, a, it was a tough topic, it was personal, in a family business especially. Um, it was hard to identify, you know, where some of this was coming from. There, um, a lot of the heartburn around the entire topic was not necessarily introduced by myself. It was others, and and uh, the counsel I received just just helped me greatly, absolutely greatly. I, I'm grateful to this day for it. And that was a, a three or four years ago, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I think mm -hmm. you know that. That gets to you know the, the value of that roundtable and those different perspectives that can help you sort of see sometimes through what might be a un, uncertainty and at least start to put some certainty around it and how you want to approach it. So yeah. I think oftentimes the leader we know or have a very good idea on which direction we should go or course of action, but we we too lack the confidence. We too need that support. You know when your peer group says. Bob, this is what you need to do. Uh, you know, come on, we've talked about this for three meetings in a row. You, you, yeah. we, we, we 
we call each other to action and we instill confidence and and I think we move forward um, as peers and it's just I highly recommend it. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, and I can't agree with you more. And so now I'll, I'll, I have three questions I ask all my guests. Okay. Okay. So we so listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? Oh boy, uh, there's a lot of them. I am a guy that likes to laugh. I'm gonna go with Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. It's an oldie, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's that's at the top of my list. Okay, what are you reading now? Well, I just finished a couple, and uh, I need to find a couple new ones. But I just finished a book called Acedia by R.J. Snell, and okay. it was kind of a, a deep dive on that whole topic of being down, just kind of in a lull, mm -hmm. how to re-energize, how to safeguard against some of those, um, those periods of dryness or dullness that everybody uh, finds their way into sooner or later, including the CEO. The other book I read I, was The Heart of Business by Robert Jolly. Oh, yeah. Previous uh, CEO of Best Buy. And so, you know, that was interesting to me. Um, I usually have a good business read and a kind of a faith-based or leadership, you know, broader type read going at the same time. The Heart of Business is good because he brings some of those stories of, you know, how he turn Best Buy around, and it's fascinating because, you know, you're on the outside looking in at seeing all this, so. Yeah, I enjoyed it. My CEO has it right now. I've asked him to read it. Okay. We have a tiny little uh, library here. Okay. Have we have a business library, so yeah. it's primarily books that I've read. I usually put a little message in there. I remember the message I put in this book. I stated something to the effect of, it's ironic that um, a big business like Best Buy, competitor Warner Stallions, that the leader needed to write a book about the people skills and people facing skills that's so it just it's just innate to us it's just we just serve at a super high level mm -hmm. we we just care so much about the work that we do and our customers that we serve and the team that we that we have and i just that's that's his secret sauce it's all about the people that's what it is not not the data not the not so much the numbers right. it just lean into the people and um and just hold on for success. Well, and and I'm guessing what resonated with you, you know, I remember the, like the beginning of his work there. Where did he start? He went to a store in St. Cloud, right? Mm -hmm. and, and put on a blue shirt, right? And That's right. What's happening when we meet the customer, which I think is the, the same message that, that you've echoed through this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, last question, what's your bucket list concert? Ooh. <laughs> Um, I just saw Duran Duran at the Minnesota State Fair, and I was so pleasantly surprised. It was a beautiful oh, really? night. It was just great. Oh, yeah. Uh, friends of ours are concert goers, and they hooked us in to join, and I'm just so glad we did that. I've been to a lot. On my bucket list is a, is a sleeper, Slightly Stupid. Huh? They're, um, they're a little bit of a reggae, alt-rock type. Uh, I'd really like to see those guys. I think they'd be a lot of fun, although I'm a... Uh, I'd be one of the Boy Scouts in the uh, in the stands watching. But Simple Minds is the other band that was the first concert I ever saw. I think I was 17 years old at the St. Paul Civic Center. I would love to go to Scotland and watch these guys at a small little pub or venue. That's the other. Those are the two that I'd pick right now. All right. Yeah. Well, Bob, this has been fantastic. Thank you for sharing this um and just a lot of respect for the, the kind of business you built and, and how you've been able to, to 
make your family such an intrinsic part of it and growing it. Well, I enjoyed every minute of it. Thanks for thanks again for having me. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to the CEO to CEO podcast produced by Dave Swerdlick and the incredible team at Uptown Podcast Studios. You can find them at uptownpodcast.com. Be certain to subscribe so you don't miss an episode with more CEO wisdom highlighting experience and insights from the trenches. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review and share with others. If you are a Minnesota-based business leader who would like to learn more about being part of a Peer Advisory Roundtable, check us out at ceo-roundtable.org.